The following podcast is improvised satire and all characters are fictional. Hello, I'm Dean Ardenfeld. This is the podcast where I interview employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the corporation. Hello, dear listeners. Well, I got to start with an apology. You may have noticed I missed my Tuesday deadline for putting out this podcast two weeks in a row. The first week I managed to put up a rerun, but by week two, I was really drowning in other stuff. And I apologize that you've been without a new episode for so long. I know what you're probably thinking. What kind of stuff were you drowning in, Dean? You're an unemployed single man who lives in a basement making an unofficial podcast about a global mega corporation. Well, uh, it's a long story, but suffice to say, when your estranged father visits, uh, ostensibly to try to patch things up, and then it turns out the sole purpose of his visit was to infest your basement apartment with bed bugs, your podcast takes a back seat for a little bit. So anyway, enough about me. Hopefully we'll get into the swing of things here and have some great shows coming your way this summer. This one's a doozy. Both my guests cried in this episode. Uh, this never happened to me before. First, I spoke with a woman who flies a crop dusting airplane, uh, a job that seems to have messed with her sense of objective reality to the point where it was difficult to communicate sometimes. Uh, but she was a cool lady. Next, I talked to a professional funeral mourner who's quite possibly a sociopath and flies all over the world crying in front of strangers for a living. Neat. We did these interviews over Zoom. I think you're going to love it. And just a quick reminder that five-star reviews really go a long way around here. Of course, they don't get rid of bed bugs, but I, I don't think anything can at this point, really. Uh, but a review sure would cheer me up. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? I hope you enjoy this brand new episode of The Corporation. My first guest is an aerial application pilot for We Go Low Aviation, one of the largest agricultural subcontractors in the country. In that role, she flies crop dusters over large factory farms, spraying hundreds of gallons of toxic pesticides all over the landscape so that we can have delicious food on our plates. In her spare time, she does choreography for middle school talent shows. Please welcome Fiona Hemstock. Hello, Fiona. Hello, my name is Fiona, but I do sometimes go by a hashtag girlboss. <laughs> hashtag girlboss. That must be tough to distinguish when you're looking at the hashtags, which hashtag girlbosses are about you specifically. Uh, yeah. Um, you know... Have I stymied you already? I'm so sorry. It's it's all right. Um, you know, working with the pesticides can sometimes uh, mm. slow my cognitive processing, and I've been very ill for a long time. Oh, that's too bad. You know, I, I, that is, I guess, one of the hazards of the job, right, is that you're working with a lot of these chemicals and pesticides and whatnot. But I guess it does have an effect because you're so close up to them, huh? Um, when did I say that? Oh, like two minutes ago, you said sometimes you say things because of the chemicals in your brain. You don't remember that? Um, 
Mr. Merv Griffin, you are mistaken. <laughs> oh, oh, I can tell already. This is this may be a challenging interview. Uh, so you're you're flying these airplanes, and some of them fly. Mm-hmm. You know, they fly like twelve feet off the ground, right over these uh, fields at a very high rate of speed. Is that uh, thrilling, dangerous, uh, scary? Oh, it's the thrill of a lifetime. Mm. After um, my father left to work in a steel plant. Mother would take me out to the field behind our house and say, one day you're going to crop dust this old baby. And um, I have, and I will continue. And I don't need a man in my life when I've got the thrill of a crop duster. Sure. So I want to go back to what you said about your mother. So your mother really, truly just took you out into the back field and really like almost put the idea in your head as a, as a young child, huh? Uh, when did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> just a moment ago. But you also mentioned, I don't know if you remember this, that you don't need a man. Is that, does, is that fair to say? That is or? something I will never forget. I don't need a man. After daddy left for the steel mill mm. and never came back, no. oh, <laughs> apparently wow. he was crushed by a beam. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that seems That seems like a legitimate reason not to come back. You ask like you, <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, I've never, I don't know that I've ever had a guest cry. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. And of course I shouldn't have even brought it up. It affected you, I guess, having your father leave and then um, never come back. Um, how, what was it like growing up with a, with a single mom? Mommy was more than a single mom. She was like two moms in a single body. And she was really the one who inspired me to hashtag be hashtag girl boss. <laughs> and, hashtag, um, hashtag girl boss. Wow. <laughs> hashtag B. It's a big one. People don't always. Mommy was a woman who always told me, honey, you come from a long line of crop dusters, but one day you're going to crop dust the world. So you come from a long line of crop dusters? Oh, back to f- about 1500 BC, we, as far as we can trace it. Huh. And how do you trace uh, How do you trace the history of a career in your family in crop dusting when aviation's only been around since the early 1900s? Honey, have you heard of birds? Oh, birds. <laughs> You were using birds. Wow. Okay. All right. I didn't realize. <laughs> Read a history book, or should I say, history? Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Your um your your company, uh, we go low aviation. Uh, yes, has, we go low. You, you have like come under some criticism because you really truly will spread absolutely anything anyone asks you from an airplane onto any surface. Um, and you know, being owned by Hogswood Cooper Media, any fines that are associated with that, you can easily pay. Um, do you ever feel guilty or are you ever even like, sometimes you probably don't even know what you're spreading around. Yeah. No, I, I don't feel guilty because everything we do has a purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, there was once a young child who had, who, who had not, uh, had a good birthday and all she wanted was to have one of my planes drop puppies from the sky oh no and oh, gosh. that's what we did we crop wow. dusted a field of puppies i, Do- I suppose uh, i'm assuming you didn't you didn't go back and check to see like you, you weren't responsible for the well-being of the puppies once they left the cargo bay i suppose oh no i own all of them 101 of them to be exact 
Um, Is it possible that you're conflating your own memories with a movie you've seen? Yes. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Just, it was just. A, it's, it's not out of the realm of poss- possibility. Yeah. <laughs> was there, a, was there a movie with that specific amount yes. of puppies? Mm-hmm. That specific. Okay, amount of puppies. that's yeah, yeah. Weird coincidence. Actually, the yeah, and there was a woman who wanted to kill them all. I'm sorry to say. Oh no, 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 no! I just want to. I if it were me, I would just make them into a coat. Okay. Yeah. See if that- it were me. <laughs> okay. I think again, yeah, she was she was making them in a coat, but you have to kill a puppy oh, to make them into a coat. And also, I would say if you drop them from a hundred feet out of an airplane, chances are uh, they wouldn't survive that either. But anyway, so how did the did you ever find out whether the child was happy that it rained puppies that day on on their birthday? The child was not able to make the event. Oh, oh that's too bad. So we can what only assume what a waste, what a waste that... of everything. What a waste of puppies and fuel and <laughs> your time. <laughs> You know, what is time but a construct inflicted upon us by society Mm. like a metal steel beam coming down on us? (laughs) I got daddy. You know, I I do, of course, feel terrible for you. And and yet I also, as I'm seeing you sort of uh, conflating fiction with your own reality, I'm wondering if that perhaps your father wasn't killed and you're just conflating that memory with something, some movie you saw where a, a steel beam killed a father. I mean, there is that movie, a steel beam falls in Cincinnati. I have watched that one quite a bit, but no, it couldn't. It couldn't. What's the other movie about steel beams? Loose change. Loose change. That's right. Anyway, what, what other things have you dropped out of airplanes? Anything, anything else fun? Oh, you know, there's been a lot of fun stuff. There's been confetti. There's been, um, we've dropped flowers. Oh, uh, nuclear waste was a fun one. Oh, wow. Uh, mm -hmm. I am, (laughs) a little spoiler, I am known to do loop-de-loos in the air um, and spell out phrases and or sentences. Really? Really? And I'm assuming this plane isn't one of those ones with the contrails, so you're probably spelling it out just, what, in pesticides in the sky? Pretty much, yeah. You got yeah. it. Nailed it. Right on the head. It must not last very long in the sky or be very legible, huh? You know, life is fleeting. I mean, what is life but a few moments pieced together in a tapestry? You said a lot of this stuff about time a few minutes ago. I don't know if you remember, but it seems like you have uh, this sort of... Uh, sort of Zen attitude about time and life being fleeting and meaningless. Is that fair um, to say? I'm sorry, but um, are you trying to mansplain that to me? Hashtag be hashtag girl boss. I would never dream of it. I, I don't think I know how to mansplain. Maybe you could show me sometime. Actually, um, I, I don't either. I would love for you to actually oh. explain it to me, Mr. Yeah. Man. I <laughs> No, I, I'm still trying to figure out all your uh, feminist hashtags, really. Anyway, so you uh, co- choreograph middle school talent shows, is that right? Mm, yes, I do. What a hobby. What a what a hobby. You know, those kids are at such an impressionable age. Such an mm. impressionable age. And oh. you just, you, you, you want to impart on them something positive. Hmm. And um, the, the kids, they, um, they really love it. They really love it. Wow, you're getting emotional again, huh? Must be really special. This one kid stood up. He didn't know what calculus was. 
And he stood up in the back of class and asked me, and I said, I'm going to teach you, mister. I'm going to stand and deliver you that information, mister. Are we getting into like dangerous minds territory now? Are we are we possibly conflating your real life with some kind of uh, inner city teacher student relationship film? Um, uh, I don't think that's possible. Huh? No, because you said that because <laughs> the ha- the hobby was you choreograph talent shows. So why would someone in a talent talent show want to know about calculus? And why would you teach it to them? No, I, is my name not Sandra Bullock? Well, that might have been the name of an actor who played a character in a movie that you're conflating with your own life. So, uh, yeah, I wonder, okay. probably Aaron Brockovich has, uh, probably studied some of the areas that you've contaminated with your plane, actually. Come to think of it. Oh, is that so? Uh, definitely never seen that movie. So I will not be conflating it with my life because <laughs> this girl Great. loves pesticides. Maybe you just stop, uh, watching movies altogether. That might be helpful in just knowing what's real and what's not real. Daddy? Oh, Daddy! No, no, Dean. Dean Daddy, it's you. No, host of a podcast that I'm just—we're just having a little interview. That's all. Oh, please Daddy, don't cry it's again. been so long. Oh no, Daddy. Oh, oh no. Oh gosh. Okay. Oh. Oh, sorry. My horse is out. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Um, Chompy. Is that a therapy horse of some kind? It seems like you could use some. Uh, some grounding energy in your in your life. Mm, I don't understand where you would get that feeling from, Mister no. Mister Man. No, no. Well, that's uh, this is all fascinating. Um, I want to ask you to stick around while I bring my second guest in. Um, and I hope you're going to be okay while I do it. I'm going to watch a film. I'm going to oh. go watch a film. Okay, great. Well, folks, my second guest today will make you look good even after you're gone. We'll find out what that means. But first, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Picture it. You're flying a rickety old plane at 99 miles an hour. You push forward on the yoke. Hard. Now you're skimming so low over a cornfield, you can practically reach out your hand and pluck a cob straight off the stalk. You open the liquid cargo bay and Deliver your payload, a bespoke pesticide designed to kill every living thing. From the tip of the plant, right down to the water table underneath. Without harming the farmer's precious plants, of course. Does this sound thrilling to you? Aerial stunt flying and working with potentially dangerous chemicals. Then you'll want to contact We Go Low Aviation, the number one crop dusting contractor in the Midwest. We're currently hiring aviators. We'll put you through our proprietary training program and have you diving under power lines and dumping carcinogens on crops in less than a week. We go low aviation. Nobody goes lower than us. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Fiona Hemstock, aerial applicator for We Go Low, and now I'd like to bring in my second guest who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. He is a professional mourner for Elite Grief, the end-of-life event planning company that provides experiential services for VIP funerals, memorials, and wakes around the world. 
His illusory grief is one of the most convincing in the industry. On weekends, he enjoys making macrame doilies. Please welcome Danny Frangelico. Hey, Danny. Hi, Dean. Oh, sorry. I was late. I could not find this building to save my life. I thought I was looking for like a like a podcast studio that was in like a high-rise building because it's with Hogswood Cooper, right? It's not, though. See, I'm just oh. a fan of Hogsword. I'm not actually a part of the company at all, you see. I'm not allowed, really, to be a part of the, their organization legally. Okay, okay. All right, well, just I'm a here fan now. Boy. <laughs> just a fanboy. No, I'm glad you're here, and I'm, I apologize that the accommodations are not what you may have expected. Or uh, Yeah, well, you know. I'm, not, I'm here for a short time, not a long time, as they say. <laughs> well, how does that go? I'm here for a good time, not a long time? Or a I'm short here for t- a short time, not a long time, because they're opposites. <laughs> Well, that's that's just lit- that's just a literal opposite. That's not like a yeah. That's why the phrase works. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, they live fast and leave a beautiful corpse. So, speaking of corpses, um, uh, a professional mourner. What an exciting uh, job that must be. Is that tough? Yes, it is so exciting. For a long time, I have been looking for something that will take my talents around mm. the globe. And okay. when I saw an Instagram targeted ad for a professional mm. mourning service, I said, "That looks like a job for Danny Frangelico." And here I am. Only six months later, and wow. I've traveled to 18 different countries selling wow. my services as a professional mourner. Wow. And so what made you think I'd be great at that? Because I've always been able to cry at the drop of a hat. Mm. At any time, I can cry, no matter mm. what, because mm. I always have something sad near me. Oh, yeah? Is that how you sort of trigger the uh, emotional response is having something sad nearby? Basically, I can find the sadness in anything. I know that you look at me and you think, this man has every reason to be happy in life. Mm. He is beautiful. He came in here with a very expensive thermos. He obviously has the world laid out ahead of him. But I think one of my secret skills is that I can see the dark side to any situation. And so when I'm at a funeral, I'm standing there, I'm looking around, I'm finding things that make me sad. And then I go ahead and cry very loud. I see. I see. And that that must be, I know that, you know, part of the company here, Elite Grief, you know, their whole thing is sort of creating the illusion that maybe somebody who wasn't all that popular in life, maybe a VIP, a CEO, somebody uh, with, you know, with a, a great deal of means, but maybe not a lot of true friends, um, exactly. you know, they want to have the illusion that someone's very torn up about their, their passing. Right. And that's where you come in is creating that idea that, Oh, that must be someone who knew that guy real well and is very mm-hmm. torn up about it. Yeah. And picture it. I roll up in a limousine with all the really? windows tinted Wow. late to the funeral, the funeral oh, itself. You're I was to... late. Yeah, so you make I an step entrance. out. Exactly. I step out. Mm. I join the mourners. I push them aside because I am supposed to be in front for these things. Oh. And I say, sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I'm late. I was busy. And then people Mm -hmm. think, who is that? Who's that man who was busy and has a very expensive thermos? Oh, you bring the thermos to the funerals. And I just start crying front row. By that point, Mm -hmm. I will have picked up on a few things in the room or the Mm. outdoor area that make me sad. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it wouldn't take much at a funeral to find things that make you sad. You would be surprised. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, do other people crying make you sad? Yeah. I mean, that's general human empathy, I think. No, you, that doesn't. Oh, I do not have that. No? You convincingly cry 
at funerals, but you do not have human empathy. How does that work? I well, I can cry at the drop of a hat, Dean. Okay, so Basically, it's more of like a party can... trick, like a very convincing party trick, almost. And funerals are parties to some. You're absolutely right. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. And do you ever speak at these things? Do you ever like get up and make a fake speech, pretending you know? I the will guy, not or... go unless I am allowed to speak. Oh wow, they give you like they'll give you the pulpit or what have you. I guess most a lot of funerals people there's generally like a kind of open moment where they say, Would anyone like to speak? Is that when you like pop up there? I don't take an open mic slot. Oh no, you want to be on the program? I will be on I will be one of the uh headliners, if you will. Yeah. It it does seem and I, I hope you'll pardon me for saying this, it does seem as though uh, the funeral for you is more of a venue for you're putting on a performance in every possible way, right? My weekends are insane, Dean. For mm, me, like my that. schedule on the weekend is funeral, club, another funeral, another funeral, another club, get in the jet, right around Europe to one final funeral, and then I go to a dedication for a cemetery. Oh, wow. And then wow. I go wow. to bed, do it all over again the next weekend. Wow, that's uh, that sounds very tiring. So, what, can you give us a little taste of what it might be like when you get up to the pulpit to do your sort of headlining act? What what's what's involved? Absolutely. By that point, I will have been crying the entire time. Sure. One of the reasons I am such a spectacular employee of this industry is that when I start crying, I am able to sustain a cry for hours, mm. loud, mm. mournful. Mm. I shake my fists at the heavens and say, why did this happen to me? Oh, oh, so you make it more. That's actually really smart because you probably don't go in knowing a lot about the deceased. And so by no. turning it back on yourself, you can kind of talk about yourself as opposed to having to know anything about the person. Right. Exactly. And imagine how many funerals I'm going to in one weekend. I would right. not be able to, um, well, memorize all of that stuff about the various people who are dead. So sure. when I get up there, unfortunately, what happens is I do end up talking about myself a lot. I'm sure you do. Do you ever get sick of talking about yourself? I'm one of the kinds of people who does get sick about talking about themselves if I were boring. But fortunately, my life has a lot of ups, downs, twists, turns, and red and gold carpets. So I am able oh. to keep talking about myself in a way that is sustainable and interesting for my audience. Gotcha. Does it get, um, do you, have you ever been caught? Has anyone ever grabbed you and said, Hey, you don't belong here. You didn't know the deceased. You were a hired person. Get out. I have been caught before, but they do teach us tactical training to get out of such a situation. Really? Physical, physical or, or like emotional training? Physical if need be, but I do try to start with emotional manipulation every time. Ah, so if someone says you don't belong here, what would you say back? I said, here's what doesn't belong here. That to pay. Okay. They start to think to themselves, does my hair look that bad at a funeral? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now they're so, all self-conscious and I can keep talking. Sure. I do go in on the toupee, but many times that only makes matters worse. So what sure. happens is I will start a whisper campaign in the middle of the funeral that the person who stood and pointed their finger at me is a child trafficker. Okay. Wow. That's a, that, I mean, going from the toupee to the child, child trafficking, I mean, that's zero to a hundred very quickly. And if that fails, physical violence. Uh-huh. So, um, and you make macr macrame doilies too. That's. I do. Funerals can get very boring when it's 
before my time to shine. If I sure. happen to not roll up late, I do need something to do to keep me occupied. So I make doily with macrame skills. Sure. And no one ever... So you go from like sitting in the front row doing macrame to all of a sudden bawling and then speaking. I am starting to get the sense that you find my job to be a little bit in poor taste. Oh, um, that might be projecting. Do you get that a lot? Do you get people uh, asking? Because I think it's great. Speaking as a person who, when he dies, expects absolutely no one to show up to the funeral. I would love to have a service like this where so, where people could say, oh, he, Dean must have been a lot more popular than we thought. He's got this uh, crying guy who's making his whole speech about himself at the funeral. Um, he must be somebody important, more important than we thought. I think that's pretty great, right? What's not great is your toupee. Oh, no, I'm not attacking you. You don't need to... Careful, Dean. You know the power I wield. Um, I, But I also know your tricks because you just told them to me. So, um... No, I didn't. No? Uh, okay. Okay. So you're... <laughs> oh. I, so I was going to ask no. if you could demonstrate the crying. Which... No, this one's real. Oh, that's probably, I'm sure that's part of it as well, right? You, you Most of the time when I'm crying, it's fake, but this time it's real. Okay. But it's very convincing, I have to say. If I didn't know you were professional. Dean, mm, show me a picture of your house. I need to make sure you don't have any cages in it. Oh, I'm not a child trafficker. That's for sure. Okay, fine. Fine. Sometimes my crying doesn't work, and everyone at the funeral says, who is this clown? At that point, I do have to leave. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure there is. You've got to know your exit strategy, like when you walk in there, right? Just in case. Exactly. I ran track in middle school, so I feel fairly confident that I can escape if need be. Yeah. Um, well, that's exciting. You know, I would love to bring in uh, our first guest uh, and and get you guys talking because I, I, I honestly, there's never been so much crying on an episode of the corporation before, um, both uh, genuine um, and actually, I'm not even sure my first guest's uh, crying was ge- was genuine because it seemed like it was uh, all predicated on potential movies that she's seen. Fiona, ha- are you are you there? Are you there? Have you finished your movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, I just want to say the live-action Little Mermaid is something to behold. Before we move any further, I did want to make note of your incredible girl boss energy and say I respect it and admire it. Uh, Listen, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I feel a little um a little not quite girl boss hashtag. Oh, are you losing some of your hashtag be hashtag girl boss energy? Is your dad dead? Potentially, yeah, but potentially. Yeah, we've. I that makes we've sense. Why you're crying then? Oh yeah. See, um, you see, Fiona, my guest here, Danny, does not have any human empathy, and so he oh. uh, he can see you crying, but he doesn't really understand why. He's a very good mimic, though. I have a great suggestion. It seems in my heart of hearts that mm-hmm. it's important to mourn, and it seems like you haven't mourned the loss of your father. As a professional mourner, I think it may be appropriate if I offer my services now. Oh, I mean, that, that'd be wonderful because I just did the healthy thing, which is, you know, you just like bottle it up. and. Uh... Danny, when you said you just uh, counseled Fiona to mourn, but then you also offered your services to her as a professional mourner. How can I your did not mourning... counsel Fiona to mourn. My suggestion was that she hire me to do the mourning for her because she oh, clearly on her missed behalf. the boat. I didn't realize that that could be done, that you could outsource your own grief to a professional like yourself. 
absolutely. And no one will do it with such style as myself. So, but potentially, Fiona, if you were to want to work through some of this grief about your father, you could uh, use the services of Danny here and he could wail and wail and uh, go on and on about your father. Does that sound uh, like it could help you? You know, the more you mention whales, it makes me think of a time in my life where um, oh no, I was very good friends with a whale. Um, uh-huh. His name was William. Okay, yeah. And he, all he wanted was to be free. And um, uh, sure, I sure. Uh, I remember this very specific image in my head of him arcing over me mm-hmm. and That's gorgeous. me it was by any chance was it on his way to the open sea that's exactly it which is odd because i live in ohio it's so not, he it's was... the, literally the front cover of the movie the movie is called free willie uh came out no 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 his ago. name was william okay well i wasn't talking about whales uh w-a-h-a-l-e-s i was talking w-a-i-l oh like the type of clothing, yes. What? Oh, that's that's like corduroy? <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, Fiona. As a show of good faith, Dean Ardenfelt, I will do a quick consultation here and now with Fiona on your public podcast with the caveat uh, that I may plug my own business at the end. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in. Could you tell me a few things about your dad? Oh, God. Um... Well, I have a feeling that the two of you are just going to start crying at the same time. Daddy was a the type of man who um really I've uh, heard enough. <laughs> Ever since I heard that Fiona's dad died, my life has been nothing but shambles and mess. Now oh. I stand in front of you a broken person with nothing to my name and nothing in my heart. If I am to inhale air, I'd rather be inhaling toxic chemicals. I fly low to the ground and I throw puppies from planes. Now that I've said that, I believe that I am able to move forward. I see a lot of people in this crowd who are very much like me, tired of being so beautiful and sad at the same time. Hold on. I'm very thirsty. Oh, the thermos. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. It's beautiful. That is the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfeld. Fiona Hemstock was played by Sarah Martellero. Sarah is an L.A.-based screenwriter and comedian. She's performed at UCB, Second City, Comedy Sports, and the HBO Women in Comedy Festival. Check her out at sarahmartellero.com. Danny Frangelico was played by our pal Aaron Paulson. Aaron is a Vermont-born improviser currently based in Chicago, where he performs on several teams and also publishes crosswords. Follow him at ScootsBaboo on Twitter and Twitch. You can follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and visit the website at thecorporationpod.com. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends about the show. And if you're in the Burlington area, stop by and see a show at Vermont Comedy Club while you're here. See you next week.